I said it before, I will say it again. You know this because you've heard me. I love Medicine Remix, and I especially love it when they take snippets from their columns and they create intros and outros and bumpers and drops, and I especially love when I get to be included in that. So here is their latest, which I am in, which I just love. It just cracks me up. Medicine Remix. You will not believe this. You will not believe this because I don't believe this. Working up in here, baby. They gave me a call back and I fangirled about it. I geeked out. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, it is the remix guys, the medicine remix guys. So y'all already know I'm like a huge fan girl of medicine remix and literally everything they do. And then I come listen to your station. I'm thinking, God, this is so good. I'd love to share it with people or I'd love to keep it for future reference. And I thought, right, who can I tweet it to? Yeah, if you need a little help with that Twitter game, do let me know. <laughs> hey guys, it's Patrick just calling in to say really, really loved your last segment uh, that I heard. I don't know what it is about it, but it was just really powerful, including the, the way it was put together, the remixing. It was just beautiful. I loved it. Oh my gosh, I love the new drop. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Medicine Remix. Medicine Remixed. Medicine Remix. Medicine Remix. Press that star under the applause button to favorite the station and hear the satisfying sound of showing us love. Medicine Remixed. Only on Anchor. Hey there, Medical Remix. What's going on? Uh, first time listener, but I just wanted to give you guys a call up because for Netflix and Grill this week, I am watching What the Health, this new documentary that's just uh, that's just been put up on Netflix about how there's a whole lot of carcinogens in meat and meat's going to kill me and dairy's going to kill me. And I know that there's such a thing as good science and bad science and it's really intimidating when all of these doctors come up on the screen and they're like, yeah, this is going to kill you. How can I tell the difference? Is there a way to spot the difference in when you're watching a documentary as to what is good science and what is bad science? Because it feels like it's all so fast-paced and they're just trying to give you information overload so you just accept exactly what they're saying. What do you guys think? What is the way that you break down? It's just a matter of a lot of research, isn't it? I don't know. But they, they present it as fact. And it's hard when there's science behind it. Interesting to hear what you think. Yo, what up, Anchorville? This is your boy, Debunk. And what you just heard was a call-in from our boy, Matty Ice, over there on Netflix and Grill, asking a couple of questions about, or at least asking for our take on the documentary, What the Hell? If you haven't seen it, it's, I believe it's produced, because it's at least hosted by the same guy from the documentary Cowspiracy, if you happen to watch that, which was a fun flick. This one here uh, has to do with basically kind of the same themes that this guy's whole um, agenda, if you want to call it that, um, seems to revolve around, which is being vegan, not eating meat, you know, solely plant-based diets. And the Cowspiracy was sort of a take on a little bit animal rights sort of things, but also just kind of the overall inhumane treatment due to factory farming. So obviously, Brother Matt 
this is a huge question that you're asking in terms of what the fuck are we supposed to do with all this information? It feels like I'm not supposed to eat anything because it's all going to kill me, which it is because I got bad news for you. You're going to die. So am I eventually. <laughs> but obviously, I think your question revolves around quality of life and um, what we should be doing. What can we do to filter all this information, which is a huge problem in all fields, um, not just medicine. So there's a couple of things. And, you know, again, I want to start off by jumping into kind of from what I remember anyway, things in this documentary that made me think, well, fuck, I don't know if that's entirely true. Or I think they got that a little wrong. Or wow, that was an active act of deception there um, or presumed deception because this is all legend right so let's jump into it um i'll kind of run through uh some big things that i think are worth pointing out and just kind of a basis and an overall philosophy um before we jump right into specifics about the film and we'll go from there so when it comes to things that are health related i think it's very important that we keep in mind anybody anybody who tells you that it's always one way for everybody is probably the last person you should be listening to because it is never always one way for everybody. I think this is invaluable when you're approaching these sorts of topics, things like diet, things like what's the right type of exercise, all these things. There's so many variables. There's so many moving parts. And we'll talk about some of them that I think are important and parts of research and studies and things that were kind of left out in this film, uh, either conveniently or just overlooked. Again, it's a lot of information, even for an hour documentary, a two hour documentary. Um, it's a very complex issue. So that's number one. Number two, it's important and that we remember that this is a film, right? There's a theatrical side to this. And the gentleman, again, who, who hosts the, the, the documentary has his own agenda. There's no two ways about it. And part of, you know, a theme, and he did this a lot in Cowspiracy. And to be honest, I, I wasn't really a fan of the guy. He just kind of had a sleazy car salesman vibe to him. Just as to me. This is all personal. That's all, again, uh, my, uh, that's a bias of mine. But there's a tactic that, that he used, and he kind of uh, used it as an example of all of these people. Um, they don't want to deal with me. They don't want to, you know, answer the truth, right? So he calls up a lot of, he cold calls a lot of these places, uh, you know, uh, American Diabetes Associations. And mind you, there was a guy who was a real piece of shit. Um, I forget the doctor's name, um, who kind of got frustrated and left. But um, it, there's, there's one clip in, in the documentary where he goes to like some, you know, American Heart Association or something. And he's at the front desk and he, you know, the narration says, and I, 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 went myself and demanded to talk to somebody and he's bitching to somebody you know of course their face is blurred out and he's talking about how the american people are being misled this that and the third he's talking to the fucking security guard you can see it it's a security now look nothing against security guards but the guy's not a fucking researcher right and the fact that he doesn't want to talk to you and he doesn't have answers for you well he shouldn't fucking have answers for you he's a security guard so i keep that in mind a lot of places he calls cold calls and says oh they told me that uh, they uh, once again uh, you know they didn't have an answer for me and told me they would get in touch with me uh, or they'd have some higher up talk to me you're, you're fucking calling a, a hotline an information line for general stuff when's the next opening what are your hours that sort of shit you know i don't call walmart and the first person i talk to who can't tell me if their vegetables are sustainably sourced i don't demonize the whole fucking walmart right they, uh, again these are just basic things that I think you should keep in mind. And in this next segment, we'll dive into specifics, but just an overall look. All right, y'all. Again, Medicine Remixed 
on Anchor. Peace. For those of you just tuning in, this is part two of a segment we're doing in response to a question asked by Matt over there on the Netflix and Grill Station. He was asking about a documentary called What the Health, and he wanted to know a little bit about what were our thoughts on how to sift through all the medical literature, uh, all the data out there, all the information out there regarding proper diets, that sort of thing, and our overall take on the documentary itself. So the big question that comes up whenever these sort of documentaries show up on people's radar are, you know, it's the whole battle, classic battle between, you know, uh, those who eat meat and those who don't, you know, the ovo-lacto folks and the, you know, strict vegans and, and you know, the, the prominent meat eaters and all that jazz all tend to pipe up and really give their input. And I think something to keep in mind uh, with this particular documentary is the guy, and I really should know his name, but the guy who narrates the whole thing, you know, is really talking a lot about red meat. And he does do a fair job in in saying processed meat quite a bit during the the documentary, but I don't think he makes it explicitly targeted. You know, it it, kind of becomes this amorphous, just meat, uh, red meat. And, you know, he says it in the beginning and he talks about how he ate lunch meat and all this other jazz. Um, But I think that's a big thing to keep in mind here is that much like his cow spirit, documentary, um, this idea of factory farming and the sort of quality meat that produces or lack of quality, um, sometimes even harmful uh, meat it produces, is something I think is really interesting. And I think it's important we remember that that is a huge component. There was a study recently that was showing how um, just alone the, the, the fat composition of um, milk taken from cows that were grass fed, that, that lipid profile was much different than those that are fed grain, which makes complete sense. Um, and the same thing goes for the quality of the meat. And I think it's important, again, to remember that if you're going to eat meat, we'd recommend, I'd recommend that whenever you can, whenever it's you know financially feasible, that you go for the grass-fed stuff. And to bring up another good point, just because it's grass-fed, if you really look at labels, I think this is another big part that's left out of this um, argument or at least you know position that people are taking is that labels are very important. I recently you know bought some uh, grass-fed beef and it wasn't until I got home that I noticed that on the label, yeah, it's grass-fed um but it had the stipulation that uh some of these cows may be finished with grain you know when i looked it up it was you know they fatten them up on some grain um right before they get them out the door and i think that's for weighing reasons and you get more money um if you know the cow weighs more so you know obviously i don't buy that anymore and you know it's but it's something that even i was a little bit taken on that one so the environment that the animal is raised in is also important um you know if they're releasing all sorts of stress hormones the whole time that's probably gonna have a negative impact on their overall profile um um, so if you're eating, you know, even if it's an organic chicken, but if it's cooped up and, you know, uh, jammed in with other chickens and, you know, next to dying chickens and that sort of thing, obviously it's a bad idea. Um, so I think that's important to keep in mind for the meat side of it. But a couple of things, also how meat is prepared. I think this is really overlooked and he was making it sound like, you know, it's never been looked into. And, uh, you know, we've known for a long time that in places like Japan where smoked meats are very popular, there's a higher incidence of GI cancer. So in the, you know, uh, gas intestinal tract, eating more smoked products increases the likelihood of developing cancer in that tract. So, you know, again, how you're taking in these foods is also important. You know, carcinogens, it's it's known that if you barbecue a lot, you know, the charred black part of the food, which I actually like um, when I do eat it, it's not often, but um, that that's full of carcinogens. So, you know, the burnt crispy ends, so, you know, deep frying things, obviously, it doesn't matter if the chicken lived a great life and, um, you know, wasn't given antibiotics and was 
is fed all natural diet, which by the way, chickens do eat meat. So whenever you see a vegetarian, you know, fed chicken, those little bastards will eat mice. And so it's not like it's outside of their diet. Um, but again, how it's prepared is also important. So I think that's something else to keep in mind that wasn't really addressed in terms of eating meat and not eating meat. Also worth mentioning here is bacon. There's a lot of talk about bacon. A few things about bacon. So there's cured and uncured bacon. Uh, uncured bacon has a lot less nitrates, less chemicals, less salt. So if you insist on eating bacon, my recommendation would be at least go for the uncured. Understand that there's a higher likelihood that if it's not cooked correctly and it, it can spoil easier, things like that. So understand also, as weird as it may sound, how to inspect your bacon to know if it's good for eating once you open it and it's in your fridge. But again, this brings us back to the quality of the meat that you're eating. Because I don't know if you know this, but bacon in wild hog, from what I understand, there is no bacon. They don't have that fatty part of their body. So should you be eating it? Is this something that is all a byproduct of raising an animal in a coop setting? I don't know. Look into it. And real quick, aged meat. This has been another thing. They didn't address this. Aging meat might actually induce more inflammatory processes in people who eat it. So, all right, we got a little bit more coming up here. So stay tuned. Medicine Remixed, only on Anchor. What up, Anger? This is part three of our segment. Our response to Matt over at the station, Netflix and Grill, regarding a documentary called What the Health. Um, this part I want to talk about, point in the segment where they go for a pretty frequently used example of where they take the gorilla and they talk about how the gorilla is vegetarian, essentially, and point out the fact that it's a big, strong, fierce animal, very stout, and how it can provide itself all the content in terms of protein that it needs on a plant-based diet. And and the interesting thing is that that is in fact true. There was some question, I think, in 2010 about um, whether or not they actually ate meat because they found some fecal matter that had possibly some animal DNA in it. And I don't know whatever came of that, but, you know, sticking with the assumption that they are, in fact, strictly eating vegetation and foliage and things like that. The, the part that the documentary doesn't say is that these animals require about 40 pounds worth of it daily, 40 pounds. And they also have a rigorous exercise regimens at Gold's Gym, obviously not at Gold's Gym, but they're swinging from trees, they're doing stuff, they're moving. So the amount that they're taking in in terms of physical activity to work those muscles out and the amount of actual, and I don't remember the math exactly, but I think something I read, it said if you, you know, tally that in terms of just bananas, they'd require 150 bananas a day. So is it possible as a human being? Yeah, I guess so. People are walking around who are vegetarians, right? Um, but in terms of high performance, high level athletes, Athletes, I know a couple who have tried it, and I'm talking professional level guys. And there's actually some in the media, uh, John Finch, an MMA guy, um, and a heavyweight fighter, uh, Frank Mir, both tried going vegetarian and said it was it was awful. Their recovery time was terrible. They felt weak. They felt slow. Um, so again, not for everybody. This this one size fits all model, I don't think works. Um, so that's one big thing to keep in mind. Because again, is it possible to just eat fruits and vegetables? Yeah, obviously. To eat 40 pounds, you know, would take away just time from doing other cool. Shit, like inventing iPhones and this computer that I'm using right now. So, you know, obviously the apes aren't doing that. And I get it. I think another part that is, isn't is addressed is that I believe chimps and bonobos are, DNA speaking, the closest relatives to human beings. And I think they eat meat. And I think their diet actually varies based on availability and season and things like that. So again, body requirements are different. The Inuit paradox, the idea that, and I don't know, Inuit, Eskimo, I'm not sure, let's just stick with Inuit. There was a lot of research that was going into trying to figure out why it was that these folks have really low heart disease, um, they don't have bad cholesterol, they don't have many heart attacks, 
They don't have many strokes and they live in places where there's not a whole lot of plant life to eat. It's freezing. So they eat a lot of fat and a lot of meat, a lot of whale blubber, things like that. The thing that they don't have is they have tremendously low sugar intake. And again, processed foods, you know, now it's starting to become more of a thing as they become more modernized, I guess. But again, you know, where's all the heart disease? Where's all the cancer there for folks who are eating basically meat and fat? And once again, I think to my understanding, uh, those cancer rates and heart disease have started to go up as they modernize. But, you know, one of the important things to keep in mind, again, is that the meat that those people were eating is completely different than what most people eat in America, right? A lot of it's fresh caught, um, sometimes raw. When's the last time you had seal? Never for me. Um, so that might mean something different. And the fact that they eat a lot of organ meat, livers and hearts, things that people tend not to eat here, which they should, they're full of nutrients. So that's a big difference there. And I don't remember the exact line, but somewhere in the, in the documentary, they say something about how, you know, it isn't sugar that's the problem, something along those lines, which is interesting because this documentary is full of referencing to a lot of different studies and a lot of different papers. And in, I want to say last year in the New York Times, there was an article published where they were talking about how documents were shown that uh, the Sugar Research Foundation, now the Sugar Association, paid three Harvard scientists about 50 thousand dollars in today's money to publish an article in 1967 of research about sugar and its relation to fat and heart disease and basically they wanted to play all that down and blame fat uh, for most of these ailments i mean it's right there and it was published in the journal of the american medical association but again you know that's something important if we're going to you know, we shouldn't cherry pick uh, which studies we're going to reference and which we're going to demonize because in 1967, that's exactly what those researchers did. They took a bunch of studies, they cherry picked, and they were able to paint a picture that said sugar's not the issue, it's fat. Doing the same exact thing, right? Taking those studies, only taking what they wanted and presenting that as evidence. Wow. Okay, Matt, you really done a number here, man. What a question. <laughs> um, so I think I probably have one or two parts left. So stay tuned. Medicine Remixed on Anchor. Good Lord, can we be done? <laughs> what up, Anchor? This is part four of the what the health sort of review random, uh, you know, I don't even know, Matt, if I answered your question or if I'm going to answer your question, to be honest. But the last things I want to say about this documentary, um, in reference to uh, dairy, there's a lot of uh, talk in the documentary um, referring to dairy and the link to cancer and breast cancer in women and hormones in milk and how that affects the body. Look, all I'll say about that is the human body is incredibly complex obviously and for a female more so um you know the whole ovulation cycle and all that jazz i think the thing we got to be sensitive to is to keep in mind that uh hormones in milk as we drink it today is different than raw milk right what they used to go get from the cow i think in pasteurizing milk um you know a lot of these processes that are done to food keep in mind were started in an effort to be able to distribute these to the far ends of the nation right and this idea of centralizing things um is actually kind of cool if you think about it like the idea of being able to can meat i mean shit man if you really think about what it is when you say oh Oh yeah um can i please have tomatoes well that wasn't that easy back in the day you had to grow the fucking tomato and if there wasn't any tomato that grew or anything that was ripe and ready your ass didn't have any tomatoes right you could hope that somebody else next door had them and maybe you could trade for them or something like that what if you're in an environment that you can't even grow fucking tomatoes right so i think we all take for granted uh, you know just the little things and especially having access to food so i think volume and how much we eat is something that we really have to take into consideration because i'm just sitting here and i'm eating some I got some uh, 
some roasted, lightly salted deluxe mixed nuts. Do you know how fucking hard it is to crack open nuts to eat them if we're talking almonds or whatever it is we're eating? So the idea that I can just reach in a can and not even have to do anything, right? I don't have to have a nutcracker. I don't have to put work in. I don't have to go harvest them. The amount of water, the amount of time it takes. But yet I can have a shit ton of them just with a grab, right? Pistachio, same thing. You can buy those things, right? Uh, roasted already. And so I think we have to keep that in mind for how much we consume of whatever it is. The other thing, again, with the dairy, there's a doctor, John McDougal, who, you know, by all accounts, this guy seems like kind of an asshole, but he has really cool research about um, his idea linking early dairy exposure in kids to developing type 1 diabetes and other autoimmune stuff, which, you know, if you're into it, look into it. He also has a book about high starch diets, and he thinks that that's the way to go. So, you know, he's got his own agenda, and everybody's got their agenda. And I think, again, you have to keep in mind that I think part of this is a team mentality. And I think both doctors and consumers have to get out of that shit and stop wanting to be on the quote unquote winning team. It's bigger than that. But people get married to these ideas and they go down with the ship. And I understand there's, you know, the documentary, as it points out, there's a lot of corrupt shit in terms of lobbyists and groups that give money to the American Cancer Associations and the Diabetes Associations. And, and they kind of slant their, you know, dietary recommendations to the companies that give money, which I get, I guess. But you shouldn't be looking to them for that guidance anyway you know and i think that's the problem i think people get into these prominent positions and listen they got families to feed they got shit that they don't want to give up i get that and you know what sometimes some people just don't want to be wrong because something works for them they want to make that shit fit for everybody and you know what it may very well work for some people but the idea to assume that it's for everybody i think is a bit of a reach right now especially with where we're at in science and our understanding so you know i don't know if this helps i think my recommendation is you got to go out try some shit and listen to your body and get active that's the other thing i don't think we account for is that we're so sedentary man you gotta get fucking active and part of me doing this is me being fair and saying i haven't been as active as i should so you know this question was good for me because um i need to get back on my grind and hopefully you know this will propel me forward to do that but also to pay attention to my own body and i think everybody should do that and in terms of diet look you just got to monitor your own shit and talk to your doctors and get blood work done and find your own niche and find out what works for you and you know read 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 that's part of it and i think that's the part people don't like that there's no easy answer. So in short, I think a good way to think about it is if, you know, it wouldn't be practical for you to meet the person who actually slaughtered your food or harvested your food and gave it to you. If there's no way you could conceivably think of meeting everybody who's been involved with that food, who touched it before it got to you, it's probably not a good thing to be eating. And again, you want to minimize processed foods always. You want to go with the healthiest thing you can afford, organic or otherwise. Um, and again, pay attention and understand labels. What does it mean? Because again, just because something's organic doesn't mean that the water source that they're watering it with isn't, you know, laced with chemicals. It could have its own problems. So again, there's layers to it and you got to start somewhere. And that's just it. Start somewhere, which I'm going to get back on my grind. And if you guys are interested on what I'm doing, what sort of things I'm growing and what I'm doing for exercise and things like that, uh, let me know. I'd like to keep you guys posted if you want to know. Hope all that was helpful, man. Peace. Welcome to Maccabee's Medical Monday. Today it's all about this, the cucumber, or as they call it in Jamaica, cucumber. Cucumber. 
Vitamins, minerals, very high number, silica, hair and nails get longer. Other vitamins make your bones them stronger. Anti-wrinkle make you look younger. Hmm. 95% water, kidney cleanser, great hydrator, detox, fiber, good regulator. Give your body good things, don't be a traitor. Get the cucumber, cut it in a slice, put it in a jug of water overnight. You know what you get for a fraction of the price? Energy drink full of electrolyte. Roaring salad is one of the use uh, as a base for your vegetable juice. Another surprise put a slice on your eyes take away the dryness revitalize oh yes one thing i have left cucumber can also help with bad breath wash away the bacteria that cause the odor cucumber water instead of soda a maccabia medical monday cucumber yo matt what up brother this is d from medicine remix and uh, i was just touching bases with you man thanks for that call in uh we just published it and actually i sat my ass down and recorded a response last night um just because i actually had a free moment um and you know i think i kind of drifted <laughs> a little bit but i think in my opinion obviously totally biased um there was some good content um i was able to explore the idea explore the film and kind of share my thoughts on the whole process i doubt you'll walk away feeling completely satisfied um because i know i wasn't because there isn't a simple answer essentially um, but maybe some food for thought, huh? How you like that? Little food pun. Organic. Gluten free. <laughs> Alright, brother. Peace. The cocaine and AIDS epidemic Speak of high blood pressure and bad credit Need a loan for your home but you're too broke to get it